0: You are listening to John Gerica on SFM.
1: All right, let's find out more about the Amashova Durban Classic. We're joined by race director Annie Bachelder. Annie, how's it going?
0: We're all good, John. Um, Working and scurrying around in the background to try and make sure that the event does actually happen this year. Um, We're working very closely with Cycling South Africa, who are working in turn very closely with government. Mm. And um, slowly but surely, they've been, op- been able to opening up, open up sn- cycling as we go through the various levels.
1: Let's start at the beginning. When is the Amashova due to be raced?
0: We're due to um, have the race on Sunday, the 18th of October.
1: Okay, so what are we looking at? We're we August, September, October, so August, September three months away. How do you know if it's going to go ahead? When will, you, when will you make that call?
0: Well, funnily enough, I was talking to the president of Cycling South Africa this morning, and um, she said to us that by the 15th of August, we should have an answer as to whether the um, actual event will take place on the 18th of October. Um, At the moment in level three, it depends on which level we're in by that stage. Mm -hmm. Um, At the moment in level three, they're saying principally it's only professional athletes and licensed Mm riders. And also can only the numbers cannot exceed more than three hundred. Wow. So it's tight, you know. Um we we've got a little bit of a different scenario in our event because we've got the three different distances that start in three completely different places and run um one after the other. They don't you know, the riders don't mix between the three mm-hmm. groups. So there's a possibility that that'll you know, that those numbers can go up to say nine hundred And then again, if we get to level two, maybe, you know, those numbers will be a little bit more flexible as well. They allow more numbers, in which case, you know, we could maybe sneak in an event.
1: What's it like trying to put on an event in South Africa, not necessarily South Africa, I guess in the world, trying to put on an event during COVID-19? Everything is, you're juggling a whole lot of balls. They're all up in the air. You've got no idea where they're going to fall.
0: I think our biggest advantage is that we've done it for so long. (laughs) So... Our experience, I believe, has, is putting us in a good position that we can pick up at the last minute and run with it. And hopefully, um, hopefully we will get that last minute call to say, yes, we can go ahead. If we can't, then we're looking quite seriously at doing um, a similar virtual event to what Comrades did, where people will sign up and be able to run or cycle any distance they like on a, at a given time, and then we'll take it from there.
1: Okay, let's start at the beginning. So, uh, obviously, it's it's all got to do with travel. Uh, inter interprovincial travel is part of the issue as well. So, if you put on a pro race, will everything else go ahead for the professionals? Because I mean, those are the guys that they need prize money to be able to keep on doing what they do.
0: Absolutely, John. But you know, then again, if you if you if you've only got so few people taking part in the race, you know, will we be allowed to have full road closure? Um, yeah. There's so many things that are that are things that need to be considered if the numbers are so low. And you can understand how the, the, the council will then get involved and say, well, you know, for 300 people, can we obviously we do a rolling road closure. Yeah. But there's so many place, think, place steps we've got to, and hoops we've got to jump through before that stage that um, we're kind of holding thumbs at the moment for a normal event to take place with our normal numbers, and we believe that if that does happen, our numbers will probably be bigger than they've ever been because we've got (laughs) some desperate people out there. And a lot of people were forced onto bicycles during their lockdown period and have taken up cycling because it's an opportunity for them to get out and about and do some exercise. So we believe, you know, that if the race does take place, we'll probably have our, bi- our best numbers ever, which would be amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking of costs that you mentioned. You know, you guys have the the finish line. You've, you've got the, the fencing that goes up. Obviously, if there are going to be any supporters around, which I guess you can't have, depending on where it goes, all of that costs money. To have the marshal, they might be volunteers, but to have the timing mats there, everything costs money. And like you say, if there's only 300 entries, you don't have the money to cover all of that.
0: Exactly so it's it's a big call you know to to run an event for 300 people is is a big call um, we don't use volunteer marshals because they're oh. unreliable. Yeah. So we we pay a marshal company for that um, service, and so you know, yeah, it's a big expense. You know, we're talking at nearly two hundred thousand for <laughs> marshalling on the day.
1: Maybe you don't want to tell me, but how many entries do you need for the Amish to break even, as it were, to if you were running it on an average every on a, on a normal year?
0: We'd probably need 5000 thousand in the hundred and six k. We need probably two thousand in both the other um, smaller events. So probably just around 10,000 makes it a viable a viable event.
1: Would there be a point where you as the organizer says, well, it's not worth it? Even if you're given the go-ahead.
0: Um, um, well, you know, this year we don't have a sponsor yet. So it's a very big call for us. Um, previously, we, um, for the last six years, we've had Togo Sun as our sponsors, which gives us a big up when it comes to financing the event. Mm. So, you know, it's definitely something we'd, we'd have to think closely about. That's why if we can only have fewer numbers, we'd probably lean on the virtual side rather than on the actual right. event. And in that case, you know, we don't need quite the the amount to to stage the event as you would, obviously, on a, on a proper event.
1: Okay, we're going to get to that in a moment. I see entries are open on your website, but you have this money back offer. Tell us about that.
0: So, for the first time, you know very few events actually give money back, as you probably know from the stories with the epic and the two yeah. oceans marathon um, and for us we we felt that it was very important that we kept in touch with our our cycling base and so we opened the en- entries in march when we when we had the Argus as planned, and um, we um, decided at that stage that we would implement the refund policy, which we felt was very important. Um, so what we offered the cyclists was that they could either, if they, if they wanted a refund, they'd get 60% back of their entry fee. Otherwise, they could carry that entry fee across to the following year and and get next year's event for the same price as this year's event.
1: Okay. So if so, entries are open, you can enter now. Uh, again, like, you, like I said, the, the balls are all up in the air. If the race goes ahead, that's great, and, and it's, you know, nothing changes. If it doesn't, then I can race next year.
0: Yes. Right? Simple as that. Exactly. Okay. And Simple if I don't, I can, that.
1: I can get some cash back
0: if I want to. If you want it. I do, yeah, I do. exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. Let's and talk, then, you know, yeah. the, the nice, that sorry, just a quick thing. And the nice thing that we start, we're looking at for this year as well is a virtual goodie bag rather than an actual goodie bag yeah. because of the COVID uh, implications. So we're busy speaking to um, companies that can offer either a percentage off or something that if somebody goes into the store and buys something, they can get something back in some way. Clever. So, you know, that's another way of getting around the COVID stuff. The other thing would be for us, if we do have an event, um, we would do away with our registration and expo this year and um, have our race numbers couriered to riders so that they don't have to come to a particular point to Mm. catch a race number. And then obviously, sadly the hospitality after the event would be done away with because there wouldn't be the opportunity to mix and socialize afterwards.
1: Or being able to buy a beer on a Sunday, but we'll leave it at
0: that. Or being able to buy (laughs) a beer on Sunday, exactly. (laughs) Not buy a little
1: bugbear or anything. Um, When it comes to the start, even if you are at best social distancing, are there plans to to have smaller groups or, or more starting time? What's the thought behind that?
0: Okay, so what the way we thought we'd probably do it is that we'd say have a batch starting at say seven o'clock. Um, a batch would then be divided into smaller groups. Um, up until now, we've had about three hundred riders per batch, so we would make um, four or five groups of fifty, right. where we would we would make lanes inside the actual start area and line because of the the virtual the, the shape of a bike anyway. People will be. a a little bit apart from each other already Mm. so if we had five lanes across um the start line with 10 bikes going back which would create a a group within a batch and then we'd have five or six groups within that batch so all the groups would and then they'd line up up behind each other and then have a rolling start and then of course your time starts as you as you cross the Mm. uh, timing mat. okay so it's possible Let's talk about
1: the virtual thing. Virtual Twitter France and the go. The internationals are doing it. You mentioned the the, the Cape Town Marathon was virtual as well, or is, will be virtual. So, what do you guys got planned?
0: We, we'll probably do a, a less complicated – well, there are two options. We've got a platform at the moment, a Czechoslovakian-based pl- uh, platform called RUVI um, that we're speaking to at the moment. They're very keen to get into the South African market, and they're keen for us to put our event on their platform. It's a beautiful, um, it's beautifully digitalized platform, and it's wonderful for a sponsor because they're great branding opportunities. Yeah. So we're busy talking to them at the moment. That also has a cost to it, obviously digitizing – your actual route is wow. is an expensive exercise, so um, we're busy looking for a sponsor for that at the moment. if we do do go the Ruby route, if we don't get a sponsor, then we'll just do a very simple ride where you can, how you can when on a particular date for as long as you like, and then submit your your um time to us either through a, a clock a watch i mean um exercise watch or a computer Sprung time
1: something
0: yeah like that. And then we'll, we'll accept that as part of an entry. And maybe we'll have a special batch next year for friends of the Amashova who will get an earlier start time. Huh?
1: <laughs> and remember, the Amashova is not all downhill. It might be Marisburg to Durban, but it's not downhill. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> lied to me the first time I did that race. Oh, it's
0: downhill. It's not a problem. <laughs> ha- and you learned
1: the hard <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> have you been in communication with the comrades? Uh, it's the same route and, and the other big events that are happening or aren't happening in KwaZulu Natal
0: yeah we talk we we've you know we've got some great communication between all the event organizers and particularly in the cycling community, but certainly we've been talking to the comrades people as well and it's important for all of us to support each other and where we can um you know assist with marketing and all that sort of thing so yeah, we definitely would, you know, we have been talking to them, yes.
1: Mm. I've just been reminded about uh, hygiene preparations. We talked about the start. Uh, will there be, if, if it does go ahead, will there be people doing temperature measurements, uh, hand sanitizers? Yeah, I'm just thinking of costs here again. Is will, Is all that being planned? <laughs>
0: Yes, we'd, we'd have to, you know, the government would obviously stipulate what the requirements were. Yeah. If we go into level two and, and they're more relaxed with those kind of um, procedures, then we'll um, implement that. But if it's, an, if it's a requirement, then that's obviously something that we must mm. do as well. And because of our the nature of our event being a batch start already, it kind of lends itself to that kind of thing. We can, you know, um, allow people in once they've been screened or, mm. Um, filled out a form, or we can email a form to them previously to say, have you been in touch with anybody with COVID? You know, have you um, have you been out of the country or out of the province? Or you know, obviously we 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 will go by the guidelines that are given to us by Cycling South Africa and in turn by the government. That
1: can all be done virtually as well, right? I, mean, I can imagine you, you can just send a, a WhatsApp or a, or an email to say, please fill out this declaration. It's a legal document, and make sure we know what's what's going on.
0: Exactly, and you know the good thing about um, about cycling, well, certainly you know the bigger events. All the entries are taken online, so we have a very um, accurate record of every single person who takes part. Mm. So, for if there is a COVID incident, then it's very easy for us to follow up. You know who's who in the zoo.
1: I'm even thinking along the route you have timing mats at different points. So yes, you can exactly. see that John crossed the line with Mark and Andrew and Paul at this time. So maybe we should get hold of Mark and Andrew and Paul.
0: Exactly. No, we're very lucky with cycling from that point of view is that it is a, it's highly technical. Mm. And, um, you know, all those procedures are in place already. So it does make it a lot easier for follow-up if we need to for any reason.
1: It's the beginning of the new normal. The, the big races, the the Cape Town Cycle Tour, just made it before lockdown. You might be just as it's coming out. But things aren't going to be the same again for a long, long time. So the, the long-term plans for the Amishola? Sure.
0: Well, we're hoping that, you know, um, that we'll be able to have the event in the future. Um you know, if we can't this year, then please God, next year we can, and that we've, you know, if there are new procedures in place or vaccines or whatever it is, then, um, you know, we've all learnt a lot along the way. Mm. Um, I think we've all learnt the value of social distancing, sanitising, um, and it's and it's been a hard lesson to learn. So hopefully, you know, hopefully going forward that we'll we will get back to a certain amount of the normal again.
1: There's also positives that come out of it. as you mentioned, the cost saving when it comes to virtual numbers maybe or or as you said, the virtual gift pack there the, the are interesting new things that we weren't thinking about six months ago.
0: Absolutely. And you know I've always been trying to trying to find a way to do a virtual goodie bag because the goodie bags are an, an absolute nightmare. <laughs> they are difficult to to carry, they're difficult to pack, they're difficult to transport, they're difficult to to manage. And they're they're expensive. They cost events a lot of money. So I've been looking at ways of trying to get to a virtual bag for a long while. So hopefully we can we can do that this year and and make a really useful one. You know, mm. um, I know when they started um, the the Discovery World Run, um, they issued a, a virtual goodie bag with that. But it was so running orientated that if you weren't a serious runner and wanted to spend a lot of money on expensive running shoes, there wasn't really anything that you really wanted from it. Whereas ours would probably be more of a lifestyle goodie bag, which is what we're hoping for. So everybody will get something out of it that they can use. And if they can't use it, they can pass it on to somebody else who can make use of it.
1: I just want to uh, raise a couple of fears. Uh, you, I see on your website, you, uh, www.shove.ca.za, you've got accommodation, bicycle transport. Can we go ahead with that now or should we wait until August before finally doing the bookings?
0: I, I would wait until August and um, by then, you know, we'd, we'll have a much clearer idea of which way we're going with the event. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, hopefully... Hopefully, hopefully, we, we, you know, then we're, we're back to normal and, and the transport that we'll do will obviously be in um, line with what the sure. Department of Transport uh, dictates and that sort of thing. So that the safety safety comes first. It's important yeah. that we must remember that.
1: All the rules and regulations. Annie Bachelda, thank you it's- very much for joining us.